It was because either no one had power of attorney Mm -hmm. over this particular resident. Um, They either didn't have family members who would step up and and take that role on as a power of attorney. Mm -hmm. Um, And then other times it was because the family or the resident waited too late in their disease process Mm -hmm. to where they could not make the decision, have the wherewithal cognitively to sign documents. Welcome to the Answers on Aging podcast. This podcast provides solutions to your questions and commonly faced challenges about caregiving, legal, and financial issues, personal struggles associated with the normal aspects of aging, and the unforeseen obstacles that oftentimes can be life-altering and even devastating. Each episode dissects real life, real-time issues, and will often feature special guests who bring expert-level knowledge and free resources straight to you. This podcast is hosted by certified elder law attorney Todd Watley and licensed nursing home administrator Sarah Scott. Together, these aging experts bring an impressive combined 30-plus years of experience to the table in order to give you all the answers on aging. That's right. This is the Answers on Aging podcast. And as always, my name is Todd Watley, and I am here. And thankfully, I am not alone, as always, with my co-host, Sarah Scott. How are you, Sarah? Hey, Todd Watley. I'm great. And welcome, everybody. Welcome back to our amazing podcast, (laughs) Answers on Aging. Amazing. Amazing. Mm -hmm. We drop a new episode every week. And today is episode number 33, and we're going to help answer the question, what is a guardianship, and how do I avoid having to get a guardianship? Yeah. Yeah. This is kind of one of those legal nerdy things, but I see it all the time where people file guardianships just because it's the, quote, convenient thing to do. And and so last week, I, I did a statewide continuing education course for social workers and their big question was you know what about guardianships you know and and you know what are they can we avoid it is it something that should be avoided so as always our topics on this podcast come from real life you know it's real life things that pop up in my practice Sarah's navigation stuff or just whatever and so this is a topic that is um, I think very misunderstood and as always this is a state specific thing so what I will say will be very general but it could you know the specifics of it could be different in your state so as always seek the advice of your own attorney, but hopefully I'm going to give you some pointers on things you should ask your attorney and hopefully give you some pointers and things to um, bring up in your meeting with the attorney so that you are a, an informed consumer. All right. So let's start out first. What is a guardianship? And as a nursing home administrator, talk about some of the times that you've had clients who needed a guardianship and why a guardianship was needed. Sure. So typically when we would have a, a resident who either had a guardianship already in place whenever they moved in or needed to have a guardianship and was in that process while they're with us, um, it was because... Either no one had power of attorney Mm -hmm. 
over this particular resident. Um, they either didn't have family members who would step up and, and take that role on as a power of attorney. Mm-hmm. Um, and then other times it was because the family or the resident waited too late in their disease process mm-hmm. to where they could not make the decision, have the wherewithal cognitively to sign documents. Yeah. We actually worked on a case together. I think that was even before the radio show. And um, she had a resident that the whole family was messed up and none of them needed to serve as guardian. And so the state had got involved, but this lady really wasn't incapacitated. And, but she had had some fraud against her by her family and the it was just a mess and so I jump in thinking okay I'm gonna get this guardianship undone but there was no one to serve and so I I was like Sarah I'm sorry but there's nothing to I mean the state needs to be her guardian because her family is so messed up and stealing money from her is just a mess so so basically a guardianship is a legal procedure it's a court case against a an adult typically who was over the age is over the age of 18 was functioning fine and dandy but has now for some reason but become incapacitated it can occur from a car wreck it can occur from a stroke but typically it occurs with advanced dementia and so many times when the client is or the the older person is in the hospital they may not be making the best decisions or, you know, the staff is just not sure if this person really understands everything. And so they would prefer just to have someone else to talk to. Mm -hmm. And if there's not a power of attorney, they're like, let's just go get a guardianship and that'll solve our problems. But the problem is a guardianship is a legal procedure that takes the rights away from the older person who is claimed to have dementia and it gives those rights to someone else for the rest of their life Mm -hmm. and so many times i see hospitals social workers you know different places recommend a guardianship to solve a short-term problem which i can understand that but you are saddling this family with a lifelong court relationship because in i think almost every state you have to submit a annual accounting of the funds and a annual report of this person's well-being where they are doctors doctors visits things like that and so every single year this guardian has to submit paperwork to court and typically you use an attorney to do that and attorneys don't do that for free and so it's a lifelong commitment of money and time and effort that you know, is there to solve a short-term problem. And so you go to court, you prove this person is incapacitated with doctor's reports, family stories, you know, just prove to the judge this person is incapacitated, then the judge picks someone to be the guardian. And the judge doesn't know your family. The judge doesn't know who's done what. You know, sometimes that starts a fight, and it's just a legal process that is – that 
number one, I think should be avoided except in the most extreme circumstances. And the way that you avoid that is very simple. It's a power of attorney. Well, but here's the thing, Todd. So many times people are misinformed and they have heard horror stories and no firsthand friends who've had bad examples or bad experiences with someone who had power of attorney mm-hmm. and didn't fulfill that fiduciary duty. Mm-hmm. And it was a nightmare. And they think if someone is my power of attorney, then I relinquish all control, all decision-making, all independence. And I'm like, no, that's not the case. But that is the case with a guardianship. Right. If there's a guardianship, you lose all rights. And so people don't do something that will help them in exchange for the thing that they're most afraid of. Right. And, I mean, you and I both have power of attorney documents in Mm -hmm. place just in case. Mm -hmm. And so and another miss common misconception is that just because you're married that your spouse has the legal authority to sign documents for you and to make decisions for you and that is not true that is not the case yeah your ira is your ira not your spouse's and the IRA company will not talk to anyone beside the owner. It doesn't matter that you're listed as the first beneficiary of this. It's not yours. It is your spouse's. And in order to do something with it, if this person becomes incapacitated, you have to have either a valid power of attorney or a guardianship. Um, in most states, to to sell your home, you need the signature of both spouses. Even if the home is just in one spouse's name, the title company typically is going to require both spouses' signature. And if that spouse is incapacitated, you can't sell your house unless there's a power of attorney in place or a guardianship. Mm-hmm. And it's... It, you know, people don't understand that. And that's the purpose of this podcast is to get that information out there. And, you know, it, it sounds self-serving, but hopefully most of y'all out there are all over the country and you can't hire me to be your attorney. So I'm not saying this to increase business. I'm saying it to help you find an attorney who knows what they're doing. Ideally, if you're older, seek the advice of an elder law attorney who does this all the time and understands not just what's going on now, but can see your future and and say, you may need long-term care, so we need some extra language in this power of attorney that allows us to plan for Medicaid. And if you have questions about that, go back to our previous episode that talks about, do I have to pay for the nursing home? We go through that and I explain the importance of a power of attorney, um, language to allow the person to do what Medicaid allows and protect a very large portion of your estate. Right. And if you're kind of on the fence about whether or not you or your loved one who has dementia or has a condition that affects their cognitive Mm -hmm. functioning, Mm -hmm. and you're not quite sure if they're far too gone to be able to sign documents or not, These elder law attorneys that Todd's talking about, they are taught, right, to Mm -hmm. assume that your client has the capacity Mm -hmm. until that client proves otherwise. And you're also supposed to help them be in their best 
mindset mm-hmm. and understand. I mean, just yesterday, um, we had a client in the office who was, was he 90 something? I mean, I he is so. old, yeah. has dementia. Todd was really good about speaking his language and really making him understand what some people think this is a really complex document. And while mm-hmm. it is a complex document, the way that Todd approached the client, the way that he explained it to him was very simplified. It was accurate. Mm-hmm. And that client understood, signed the documents, avoided guardianship, has the proper paperwork in place now mm-hmm. so that they can plan for Medicaid, they can get him the care he needs, and they don't have to spend a fortune doing it yeah. for 750 bucks. Yeah, yeah, it's... It's just amazing because, I mean, there, there are a lot of attorneys out there that will jump on if this person has dementia, they can't sign documents, so therefore we need to do a guardianship. That is not the case. And if your attorney makes that assumption, I encourage you to find a different attorney. And hopefully most elder law attorneys and certainly certified elder law attorneys are able to, that's part of their job is to work through mild to moderate dementia and get to a point where yes this person can sign documents it's okay for this document in this situation to do that and get the power of attorney done and and actually my recommendation is anybody over the age of 18 needs to have power of attorney my my poor kids on their 18th birthday or soon thereafter, they were in my office signing power of attorney documents. Mm-hmm. And they're like, this is for old people. No, if my 18 year old child is in a car wreck and is unconscious, I need to talk to the doctors. I need to, you know, if they have money in the bank or a car payment or whatever, I need to deal with that. And if you're over 18, you're an adult and you know, no one automatically has control over you. And so you, you know, a gift you can give all kids graduate or families with kids graduating high school is get them a power of attorney package for finances and health care so that if they're in a car wreck or they get sick, you can go in and do things. But otherwise, if you don't have those documents, you're stuck. And you'll be facing a likely guardianship case, yeah. which is crazy expensive, uh-huh. it's humiliating, and it is avoidable. Yeah. In most cases. Yeah. So this was a quick episode That's again, okay. but yeah, we, we, I just want to get that out there because it was a huge thing last week during my continuing education course. And so many of the comments afterwards were, were social workers saying, man, thank you so much. I did not, you know, we just assumed that if you're old and have dementia, the only option is a guardianship. And we didn't realize we were saddling this family with a lifelong court commitment. And thank you, thank you, thank you. I was like, well, good. So, you know, I felt good about that. And I thought, hey, let's do a podcast on that. Get that information out there for the public to understand that, you know, do powers of attorney. Okay. If you, and, and, and then only do a guardianship if it's absolutely necessary. The person is beyond signing documents, which is pretty advanced. Or the person is just absolutely adamant that they don't want to go somewhere that they need to go or they won't stay where they need to stay, then the only way you can physically restrain them and make them stay or go is with a guardianship. But that can be, you know, most people can be talked out of that if 
given the option of you can either stay here and let's play nice or I can go to court and your family can pay me three, four, five thousand dollars and I'll get a judge to say you need to stay here. So you're going to stay here. Do you want to just stay under your your own terms or under the terms of a judge? And most people, once they're presented with that, will say, Well, I might as well stay here. Yeah. And not spend five thousand dollars. Right. <laughs> so, right. so anyway, oh as always, if there are questions, you can always email me at my professional email address is Todd at ToddWatleyPA.com. And Sarah's really good with these questions. She answers these questions all day, every day. And hers is Sarah S, no H, S-A-R-A-S at ToddWatleyPA.com. And we will be glad to answer questions, refer you to someone if I know someone where you're at and you're just like, hey, I'm I need a really good attorney. I can probably find you one, okay? Yeah. And on the show notes, we also have find an elder law attorney good. link. So it's always up there as well. We love to get feedback. Please, please tell your friends, tell your family about all the information and all the schooling that you're getting from the Answers on Aging podcast. All right. Thank you all very much, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the Answers on Aging podcast with Todd and Sarah. Be sure to hit subscribe and keep tuning in each week as they bring you helpful, useful, and easy to find resources for making life as we age as simple and enjoyable as possible. For more information about this episode, visit AnswersOnAgingPodcast.com. Click on the show notes tab and take advantage of the free resources right there at your fingertips. To see Todd and Sarah live, Check out our Facebook page, Answers on Aging, to catch a live feed of their radio show every Wednesday morning from 9 to 10 o'clock. Todd and Sarah welcome feedback and love to answer your questions. So please, let them know what you think by leaving a review and share with your friends and family. 